2: A warmer, really low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for Coast Soups with myself, Greg Spears, and now part of the Vista Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you. It's in segment number two. We are going to be joined by Brian Rolfe. He does great work over at Heat Check CBB. He has been working very hard on the college basketball almanac. That is a little bit of a coming together with... He checked CBB, Field of 68, along with the three-man. We have to get you guys set for the upcoming season. He did previews for that for the Southland, the Sunbelt, and the Metro Atlantic, the MAAc. So we're going to be diving into those teams a little bit on top of that. I'm going to get his takeaways as to the Fadas Amek injury, what we can expect from Texas Tech moving forward with that injury, and so much more, and how they might be playing this upcoming season. And also going to be asking him a little bit about Eastern Michigan, what we can expect from them with Imani Bates and that ordeal and just what in general is happening with that. So we're going to have a great chat with Brian in segment number two in the final segment. Since I did a college basketball conference preview yesterday, previewing the SWAC, I'm going to give you guys the previous 48 hours of college basketball news and notes. Not a lot of guys moving around at the D1 level and not necessarily a ton of proven guys they are going to be out of the full. but we did see some guys decide that they are going to be going to the non-D1 level for this upcoming season and we did see a season-ending injury for someone from Boise State. So, we're going to be diving into that, and if you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM, name does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is buying an Apple podcast review if you rate this podcast five stars it is very much appreciated from there you're to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast five that five star review did not get in any twitter questions today but we had a great chat with brian in the second segment i already did it so i would know and we're going to be diving into that next right here on coast to coast hoops with myself guy hoops and now part of the Daily podcast
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
0: At bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
1: until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com concertweek to learn more. And plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, Oh, and Two-Door Cinema Club.
2: And we're back here in Las Vegas. For guest seats with myself, Craig e. Spears. And now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And it is great to be joined by our guest. as Brian Rolfe. He does absolutely amazing work over at Heat Check CBB. He's a senior national writer for them. He is going to be hosting the heat check cbb hangout as well that is something new by him and connor Ope because they were doing the hope and Rolf podcast but now they're doing the hangout and they're getting our good friend riley davis in on that as well so that's going to be a lot of fun come the college basketball season and it is always fun to get brian on this podcast you're able to before on twitter at b Rolf 33 last name is spelled r-a-u-f and brian it is always great to have you aboard thank you Yeah, thanks for being back, Greg. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, and I know that you guys have worked very hard on the College Basketball Almanac, sort of a collaboration between you guys, Field of 68, and the three-man weave that is set to come out as this podcast drops in about 24 or so hours. So you probably want to get in your promo codes now to be able to save 20%, and you're able to use my name, Oops, for that. So hopefully I sold you guys a couple copies there. So you're welcome for the free plug. But with that said with what you covered for the almanac you did a conference that i just did a conference preview on for about a week or so ago in the sunbelt and i said it on that podcast that was the toughest one to project in terms of a projected order finish because i think that every team in that conference is going to both win and lose five games within the conference and when it comes to the sunbelt i think that they can be pretty pesky out of conference for those are the, mm-hmm. For those in my sphere, when you get a lot of these teams that are catching double digits on the road in some of these bye games, I think that they're going to have a lot of value. But that is going to be just great fun in general, taking a look at those games, which some of those games sometimes happen on a Friday. So you know we get some primetime action in there for them as well. Yeah,
3: that's going to be one of the more fun conference races to watch because of what you mentioned. There's a lot of parody. But it's not parody from the standpoint of there's just nobody who's really good. It's parody from the standpoint that Everybody is pretty good. I think there is a clear top tier of teams in that conference in the Sun Belt, but that tier probably extends to five or six different teams. I would feel comfortable with any of those five or six going against most power conference teams as being able to at least put up a fight. Then you got another tier below them that consists of another five or six teams who on a good day can play at that level. It's just a matter of answering some questions and some unknowns coming into the new season. So I will say if you are looking for a conference to really pay attention to this year outside of the power conferences, the Sun Belt will be, I think, the most fun.
2: Yep, I totally agree with you. I'm with the Sun Belt as well, with how many new teams are coming in as well, because the Sun Belt and Conference USA, both this year or next year, They are going to look completely different because we talk about conference realignment with the big 10, with the LA schools coming in within the next few years. As we know, the big 12 is going to be looking drastically differently, whether that be next year or in years in the future, you're able to go down the list of the power conferences. They're going to be looking a bit different. Well, well, those two conferences, they are going to be looking very, very different. So that is going to cause for a lot of unfamiliarity and just a lot of fun games in general. So I'm looking forward to that as Brian Rolfe does a great job over at HXBB. He's joined me on the podcast. And then I was talking about the Big 12 a minute ago. And one of those teams I think is going to be very formidable is Texas Tech. But we saw really unfortunate news a few days ago. Fados Amek, who was amazing at Utah Valley. He has ranked in the top three in terms of rebounds per game, each out of the last two seasons. A six foot 11 gentleman that put up right around 18 points while shooting over 40% from three at Utah Valley. He has suffered a broken foot. He is going to be out several months. How long into the season it's going to take for him to get out there on the court. Who knows? Heck, who knows if he's going to be able to make too much of an impact this season in general, but I mean, this is a really devastating injury for a Texas Tech team that they still have a little bit of size, but for Texas Tech, just them being in the Big 12, this is such a big loss because night in and night out, they just don't have a day off in that conference.
3: Yeah, I think Texas Tech long-term will be fine. I don't think this takes them out of like the NCAA tournament picture or anything like that. But at the same time, this is a team that struggled offensively last year We're losing some of their key scores, and we were relying on Amac to be one of, if not their go-to guy offensively particularly in the post so without him for however extended period of time that ends up being you're going to need other guys to step up and it of course search your depth too Texas Tech will be really good defensively they'll have some solid options but if you're talking about long-term upside and being able to compete at essentially the third best team in the Big 12 as some have them pegged you need him healthy so without him and hopefully this isn't a foot injury that lingers as we've seen sometimes with big men, but without him or without him at 100%, they fall more like fifth, maybe even sixth in the Big 12 as opposed to competing for that third
1: spot.
2: Yep, and I'm really intrigued to see how they're going to be playing without him as well because more of the other big men that they've got are Daniel Baccio and then Kevin O'Banner. And Kevin O'Banner, as we know, he can be very versatile. We saw that on display at Oral Roberts. And last year, he assumed a little bit more of a rim protector role for this team. But I think that Kevin O'Banner is really now going to become an even bigger X-Factor with the AMAC injury just because now with Texas Tech, it does create a couple of funky bunch lineups for the seam. and this is where he could use probably someone like a Malik Wilson, who did move on during the off season. He transferred over to Houston, and I think yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how Texas Tech is going to be playing without him because I feel like now it just sort sort of throws things out of flux, and they either need to go with a little bit more size in general, with perhaps O'Banner and Bacho playing at the same time, or perhaps they play a small ball lineup. Yeah, and if Armak is able to come back healthy
3: later this year, I think you could see positive effects from this because Mark Adams will be now comfortable playing different lineups. He'll be forced to experiment with some things that maybe he would not have had to otherwise. And one of the great things about college basketball is the variety and style of play, right? They don't necessarily see at the NBA level, at least at the wide spectrum you do in college, having versatile allowance can allow you to attack Different ways depending on matchups and find a weakness and attack what you like. So, looking at the positive aspect from this, if there is one to gain, it will be the fact that some guys get comfortable playing together in these smaller lineups than they may have otherwise. It's certainly on Mark Adams to adjust, and so I'm interested to
2: see which avenue he chooses to go down. There's a lot of different ways they could go, but certainly this is going to be an ordeal worth noting for the entirety of the offseason and what we get out of Texas Tech during the season. You know that the defense is going to be there. The offense, that is really the question, in my opinion. It's joining me on the podcast. We do have Brian Ralph of Heatcheck and something that we saw a few days ago, as well as this is a team that... I thought was going to be able to rise up a little bit in the Mac. I certainly didn't think that they were going to be able to win the conference or anything like that, but Amani Bates goes to Eastern Michigan. We were all wondering how that was going to be turning out, but right now the Amani Bates ordeal, it is just not great. He was arrested on felony gun charges which he's right now suspended indefinitely we don't want to be casting any sort of guilty slash positive we don't want to be just doing any sort of that i'm going to let the legal process play out but in terms of a gambling perspective from my view you just have to assume out until further notice and Racer, Michigan. I thought that they were going to be a middle of the road MAC team. I don't know where you had them before the Imani Bates ordeal, but even if Imani Bates is cleared of all this, even if he is good to go towards the beginning part of the season, just him being out, not being able to play, not being able to practice, not being able to. Just get in shape in general. This alone is going to hurt them. And worse comes to worse, he's guilty of all this, and he's not going to be out there on the court. And then Eastern Michigan doesn't have the guy that they were looking to build their offense around.
3: Yeah, I mean, without Bates, just talking strictly on court, without Bates, Eastern Michigan is probably a bottom half of the MAC team. And yeah. I think you can probably solve they pretty solidly lock them in there. And they needed him to have that kind of upside because I'm with you; they're probably still middle of the pack with him in the fold. But just based on talent, and he hasn't always played up to that talent level, but based on that talent and just physical tools that he has, he had the potential to be the best player in the MAC. And so if you're Eastern Michigan, you're taking that gamble and hoping you could get that guy that can kind of carry you on court. He's not going to be there now, at least for the foreseeable future. So any chance Eastern Michigan really had of of breaking through, I think is dependent again upon the legal process and, and what happens there in terms of when he's able to get back on the court.
2: I do think that that is going to be tough for them. You wish absolutely nothing but the best for all involved, but certainly doesn't sound promising. We shall see how that plays out, but certainly for each game, that does put them a little bit behind the eight ball as well. And just behind the eight ball in general are a few teams that are dealing with injuries, but in terms of just all the work that you've done on the Almanac, because I know you did a trio of different conferences. You did the Metro Atlantic the Sun Belt, we talked about that and just how fun that is going to be. And you join me for my Southland preview, which I do appreciate. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to find hearty souls that are willing to talk Southland <laughs> basketball late August slash early September, especially with bringing in teams like Texas A&M Commerce. But in terms mm-hmm. of just all the work that you've done, whether it be on those teams or just looking a little bit beyond that as well, as you take a look here throughout the off season. Who are a few teams that, as you evaluate them a little bit more, you're starting to either warm up on them a little bit more, or as it goes along, you're starting to think to yourself – Man, maybe the pieces I thought were going to be terrific. Maybe I'm having second thoughts, and maybe I'm having a little bit of buyers of ours for going in on them so heavy towards the beginning of the offseason.
3: I'll give you a couple. Uh, I'll give you one kind of overall, and then one for each of those counts that you mentioned. I'll be, I'll be quick. Southland, uh, Nichols, Nichols State is going to be the class of the conference. Again, they'll be the third, They're going for their third straight regular season title. There are some other good teams in that league. Texas a and Corpus Christi has a good group. They bring back, I think, their top seven scorers from an NCAA tournament team. They're going to be good, but Nichols, talent wise, has the ability to really scare some power conference teams. So that would be a team I'd watch the Mid Atlantic Conference, the MAC, as I call it. Iona is going to be obviously the favorite team that should win, but Sienna could be sneaky to me. There are some guys who are breaking through there. If Jackson Stormo can become a star and their guards take a step forward, Siena could be a dangerous team there as well. that could potentially unseat Iona. And then Sunbelt, you mentioned a lot of good teams up there. It's hard to go against Georgia State. I think just may you have know, Jonas Hayes coming in, some high major transfers. Juan Odom from Xavier being, I think, the, the most notable one. But James Madison is another team to watch for me too. And they were in the CAA last year, and I don't know if people remember, but but back in December, they had a big home victory over Virginia. And at that point, JMU was part of, I think, an 11-3 and three start or something like that. Like they were on track to be one of the better mid-major teams in the country last year. Went through a COVID pause and had three major guys for them get hurt. And everything kind of fell apart from that point on. They bring everybody back, added some big transfers as well. I think we could see them be in that top group in the Sun Belt right away and be a very dangerous team again. And then overall... I don't like anybody in the Big Ten, per se, but I think I was down on Illinois when the offseason first started. But as I look at this team more and more, what they have, the way Brad Underwood likes to coach without somebody like Kofi Coburn, I think their personnel fits that style. I have concerns about to the high-level upside because I think you need T.J. Shannon and or Matthew Meyer to become a star and a true go-to guy offensively. And I don't know if either does that, but I think with what they have with those two in the fold – I think they should be the favorite in the Big Ten, where I don't think I was necessarily thinking that two, three months ago.
2: I'm with you on Illinois being the favorite in the Big Ten. I take a look at all that they brought in, and I do think that Bryant Underwood is a coach that is willing to adjust his style as well because we saw that mm-hmm. at the beginning of his tenure at Illinois. They were looking to play that Stephen F. Austin style that made him so good a few seasons ago at the early part of his coaching tenure. They went very much more slow, a little bit more through the big man with Kofi Coburn and. I do think that he's going to be willing to adjust with this roster, so I agree with you there. And then I know you were mentioning the Sun Belt a little bit earlier as well, and I want to get your thoughts on the team that I put number one in the Sunbelt, Belt, and that'd be Coastal Carolina, because with Coastal Carolina, I think that bringing back Isa Mustafa, one of the best big men in this conference, I think is going to be big. I think that you could certainly make the case that Jordan Brown might be the most just- Dominant player in this conference when you've got a McDonald's All American over at Louisiana. That's big. But for Costa Carolina, with the way that they maneuver the transfer portal, bringing in Jamariu Brown and Antonio Day Jr., I think that that's a very formidable backcourt. And I feel like this could be a bunch that they struggle a little bit early, but they could be that team that, towards back half of the season, they're the most dangerous team in the Sun Belt. And I do think that there are a lot of teams like that, but just want to get your thoughts on Costa Carolina because they're a team that I think could create some big upsets in the non-conference portion of their slate because they do have that firepower with someone like a day coming in. They were probably the toughest team to peg for me,
3: simply because of the fact that you mentioned Mustafa coming back and him being one of the better bigs in the Sun Belt. And it's true, but I think he's one of three returners that they had coming back on the year. They had double-digit guys enter the transfer portal and they're bringing in double-digit newcomers this season. So you just don't know what to expect. You know, I was able to talk with Cliff Ellis for the Almanac and he pretty much said that nothing's really gonna change even though the personnel, they, they have the system, they're gonna do what they do and that's made them successful. But because you have so many newcomers, there are some questions about chemistry and the meshing, finding a pecking order, adapting to that system. Guys fitting the mold right. I think they could be in that top group of the Sun Belt. I also see a scenario where they're in the bottom group of the Sun Belt. It just kind of depends on how that stuff goes. The unknown is interesting. I do think they have the upside to compete with, with the better teams if everything clicks sooner than we think.
2: You talk about the unknown with Coastal Carolina. Well, here's something that is known. You are doing amazing work over there at Heat Check CBB, Brian. You guys have put in so much work on the Almanac, which, like I said, that's going to be out on Monday, so... Get in your promo codes if you have yet to, because that is going to be absolutely tremendous. It's going to be a great resource for getting set for the upcoming college basketball season. I know you've put in a ton of work with that, but I know that along with the almanac, you've been doing some great work with other things, including the Heat Check CBB Hangout and so much more. So, I want to give you the floor and let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and just what's all on tap for you.
3: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at bralf33. It's b r a u f thirty three. As you mentioned, we have the almanac coming out on Monday, the 26th, I believe is the date. Yeah, the 26th. You can pre-order it before then using the promo code hoops, get 20% off. Highly recommend doing that. Even if you aren't able to get that in in time, I still recommend buying the Almanac. Just as a college basketball fan, not necessarily somebody worked on it, obviously, but just as a college basketball fan, this would be an extremely valuable piece for me and something I'd want. It's over 600,000 words. We did not skimp on anybody. There are 363 Division I teams this coming season. We wrote 1,300 words on each Division I team. We wanted to make sure everybody got covered, and no matter which aspect of college basketball you're looking at this from, your team was covered as in-depth as, as we possibly could. Talked to every coach in the country. Got some national content in there as well. I cannot recommend this enough. I, I really believe it. it is and will be the most comprehensive college basketball preview magazine that's out there. You can find it. There's a link in my Twitter profile. Again, it's bralph33. You can also go anywhere on hxcdb.com, three-man weave, field 68, verbal commits, all that's there. Make sure you, if, you, if you can get it in, in the next 24 hours, I would do so using promo code hoops. I get that 20% off discount before it drops on Monday.
2: The fact that you said that you guys did 1,300 words on every one of these teams is also very impressive. Trust me, because I did my SWAC preview on this podcast (laughs) yesterday. Finding a way to do thirteen hundred words on Mississippi Valley State deserves like some sort of a medal, gold star, what have you, because that was not easy. So I give you guys a lot of credit and yep, you're laughing because you know how hard some of those like there swag were, teams can be. There were
3: some teams that probably could have been covered with thirteen words instead of thirteen hundred words, but we wanted to make sure we gave the same attention same attention to all three sixty-three.
2: And we appreciate that on this podcast. Diehards Hard said they are going to get the job done regardless of how grody it is. Mike Rose should right now be doing a little bit of a voiceover for us because some of those teams should be on dirty jobs at this point but (laughs) with that said, credit where credit is due and Brian is one of the hardest workers that you're going to find in college basketball. It is always great to get him aboard. He did the Swac, he did the Metro Atlantic and he did the Southland for the Almanac and Every time he does this podcast, he always delivers the goods. Big thanks to Brian for joining me on Couscous Keeps. Now part of the Vism Family Podcast. And coming up next, since I did a little bit of a conference preview yesterday with the swag, I'll get you guys wound up with all the news and notes that we saw in college basketball both Friday and Saturday.
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
1: Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
0: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
2: And we're back here on Las Vegas for Custy with myself, Greg Epps and now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get Brian Rolf on the show. He does amazing work over there at HXCBB, The Almanac, which we were talking about a little bit earlier. It's going to be such a great resource. 41 getting set for the upcoming college basketball season. For those of you guys who are recent subscribers, I will have mine out a little bit later on. I would think that late October is when we're going to be expecting that. little bit more betting content in terms of that, obviously, and taking a look at all these teams myself. So that is going to be a lot of fun. And as I always say on this podcast, utilizing multiple resources, I think, is a very good thing. I think that I'm going to do a terrific job with the VC in College Basketball Guide, but I also recognize that they are doing amazing work with the Almanac as well, getting both, probably going to put you in the best position to win, and Nick, putting you in the best position to win, we've got a mutual friend over there at Blue Raven, your book, Lake Lovell, that does amazing work as well. You get those two guys, you get the v guide guy towards back half the offseason, and you've probably put yourself in really, really good shape to have an amazing college basketball season. The more resources you can get, the better in the almanac. I'm sure it's going to be a tremendous one that comes out on Monday. And what we've got now here on the podcast is all the news and notes of college basketball over the last 48 hours. We did see one... Unfortunate injury, R.J. Keen. He was rated by 247 Sports as the number 257 prospect in the class of 2021. He was expected to be able to take some strides forward this year. For Boise State, just did not see the floor last year. You were expecting, okay, six foot seven, a little bit of a combo player that was gonna be able to step up, help out down low. Unfortunately, that is not gonna be the case. He suffers a season-ending injury as it was to his shoulder. So you wish him absolutely nothing but the best. But a little bit of a blow for Boise State. It's not like I thought that he was gonna be playing Mondo minutes, but I did expect a little bit of production. Then we saw a lot of guys that were at the D1 level decide, you know what, we're going to be going down to the non-D1 level. Tristan Green, he was at Denver and he was able to do some relatively solid work at Denver. He has decided that he's going to be going down to Northeastern State. All of these are very easy for your handicap. All you need to note in this case is Mr. Tristan Green. He was at Denver last season. He is no longer at the D1 level. Cross him off your list of guys that you need to evaluate and move on. And for Green, his best year really came during the 2020-21 season. Six points, four and a half boards per contest. I was wondering if he would be able to bounce back after the average two and a half points per contest. Six foot nine player that was able to shoot Threes didn't necessarily shoot him well at about 30 or so percent, but he is now on the fold for a Denver team that is in quite a bit of transition. Abba Lowell, he was playing at Alabama AM last season. He has decided that he is going to be going to Thomas and More, and Thomas and Moore also gets Matt Smith. I'll dive into him in a minute, but that said, for Abba Lowell, last season he was able to pull in there right around two rebounds per game. Little bit of a defensive stopper that saw limited minutes. A seven foot project and seems as though that project will not be prolonged as he has decided that he's going to be going down to the non D1 level. Matt Smith, he was over at Murray State and he decided that he is going to be going down to the non D1 level as well. when I was at Murray State, averaged three points, three rebounds per contest, but really couldn't get a lot of playing time to make it worth his while. He didn't play in too many games at all, as a matter of fact, four, and he was getting about six minutes per contest. So he has decided that he's going to get a little bit more playing time at a Thomas More program than at the non D1 level. Actually, pretty powerful. Jace Cook, he averaged about one point per contest at Robert Morris last season. He has decided that he is going to be going down to Allen College once again. Not one of those break the back sort of transfers for Robert Morris. Jason Burge, he was over at Toledo last season and he decided that he is going to be heading down to the non-D1 level he's going to be playing for Lake Erie College. He averaged one point per contest in five games, so that was not necessarily much of anything. This one, I think, is a little bit more meaningful as Emmanuel Newsome didn't see a lot of minutes last year while he was over at Oakland and you expected him to be able to just bust through at some point. He's someone that I thought had some upside, just could never really get out there on the court He's decided that he's gonna be going to Union College. Union College has actually produced some guys that have really been able to boom at the D one level, but he's decided that he's gonna be going the non D one route and he is gonna be going down a level. And speaking of gentlemen from Oakland, Madison Monroe, who began his career at Oakland last season. He was at Western Carolina. He's decided that he is gonna be going to Christian Brothers University. So oh brothers there as he averaged right around two and a half points per contest last two seasons, thirty percent three point shooter just Really couldn't find his footing either with Western Carolina... Or with Oakland, so he's going out to the non-D1 level. And Alabama Huntsville has actually been one of the better D2 schools in recent seasons. And they're going to be getting Jacob Radiker, who was at Chattanooga last season. He redshirted as a six foot nine, more of a traditional low post player. With Chattanooga having their coaching regime change, he was probably going to be out of the fold for really consideration for a lot of minutes. So he decided that he is going to be going down to Alabama Huntsville. So pretty much this one turned out to be a little bit of cross guys off the list of names that you need to evaluate and move on sort of round up but with that said that's very important for this upcoming season because it is preview season we are down to the Power 6 and the American and the Atlantic 10 for my conference previews and those are going to be coming within the next few weeks where we're going to have those all set before the start of the college basketball season in very early November we are starting to get there and if you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast Goats to Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify Stitcher and TuneIn. If you've got a question comment segment idea what I have you for this podcast you do have one of two ways we be able this in first one is my twitter timeline at junet underscore and you one keep in mind letters C M see maybe it does not matter so as per usual please just send these into the timeline the other way that is via an apple podcast review if you rate this podcast five stars it is very much appreciated from there you're about fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast Five that five star review big thanks once again to brian Rolf of each for joining me in the last segment I'll be coming at you guys every single day on this podcast during the off-season news and notes of college basketball along with those conference previews I talked about just a second ago. And then once we get in-season, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I will chat in you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.